0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Narrow Path Podcast. My name is Isaac. I am your host. I hope everyone is having a wonderful Thanksgiving week. I am recording this actually on Thanksgiving, so happy Thanksgiving to everyone today. I hope you guys are having a blessed day and uh, really thinking about the importance of Jesus and the importance of our salvation uh, during this um, day. So yeah, um, uh, I hope you guys have been good since the last time I was on. I had the second episode ready and done. Um, I believe it was on Monday night. And then I listened to it and I was having an issue with my headphones and mic. So I had to make an adjustment, get a different mic. Hopefully this one works out better. I tested it, didn't hear no static, so should be good to go. Now, in our uh, first podcast, we covered up the first seven um, of the 23 certitudes of God that I have for us during the study, which was God is self-existent, God is eternal, God is infinite, God is omnipresent, God is omnipotent, and God is omniscient as well. That's one through seven. So we're gonna kick off with number eight, which I have as God is wise, <clears throat> and I have a Old Testament and New Testament scripture for this. Uh, Old Testament will be Proverbs three thirteen, sorry three nineteen, and then First 1 Timothy 1.17. So wisdom is the ability to judge correctly and to follow the best course of action based on knowledge and self-understanding ability to judge correctly and to follow the best course of action based on knowledge and understanding. Proverbs 3 19 says the Lord by wisdom founded the earth by understanding he established the heavens. First Timothy 1 17 reads now to the king eternal immortal invisible to God was alone who alone is wise be honor and glory forever and ever amen knowing that we serve the all the almighty the all powerful the all knowledgeable lord it brings comfort that we don't just serve a god that could do certain abilities and that's it he's not limited especially when it comes to wisdom he judges correctly Based on the best course of action, based on the knowledge and understanding, which God is obviously miles and miles ahead of us when it comes to knowledge and understanding. Us as humans, we look for wisdom in elders, usually. People we look up to, uh, mentors, bosses, um, pastors. Uh, Those are the type of people we look up to for wisdom uh, when it comes to us as uh, just human beings, we thrive for that. A lot of us thrive for wisdom, to to know as much as possible or to know how to handle a situation before it comes into play. We try our best, a lot of us, to, to want to be ahead of the game, thinking that we can perform the exact same as someone else and it's going to go down the exact same way as someone else handled it. It's not always the case so it's more important to lean on god's understanding his wisdom because his words are true and his words not only bring us grace but it brings us stability all right number nine god is immutable so for that i have both the verses in hebrews first one is hebrews 1 10 through 12. Hebrews 1 10 through 12. Second one is 13 and 8. It's chapter 13 and 8 is the second verse. Being immutable, it's unchanging over time or unable to be changed. So Hebrews 1 10 through 12 says, A new Lord in, in the beginning laid the foundation of the heaven. And the heavens are the works of your hands. They will perish, but you will remain. And they will all grow old like garments. Like a cloak, you will fold them up and they will be changed. But you are the same and your years will never fail. Amen. Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ is the, t- the same today. I'm sorry the same yesterday today and forever amen all right so f- for me in my walk and uh, knowing that every human sins not knowing that every human has his battles and every human falls multiple times there's, there's no perfection when it comes to being a christian it's as close to perfection as we possibly can is the goal but knowing that god cannot be changed and it will not be changed at any moment in time gives me more comfort when it comes to his grace and mercy, knowing that I can still ask for forgiveness and he won't be like, nah, that's, that's enough. You, you've reached your limit and he just throws you off. And, and that's not the God we serve. Thank, thank God, <laughs> because all of us would be sitting in a lake of burning fire and brimstone. If that was the case. Amen. All right, number ten. God is sovereign. Now, for that, uh, I have one scripture, which is Isaiah forty-six nine through eleven. Sovereign is a theological theological term which refers to the unlimited power of God who is so, who has sovereign control over all affairs of nature and history. Amen. The Bible declares that God is working out His sovereign plan of redemption for the world, and that. The conclusion is certain. Amen. Immediately after the fall, God talked about the curse of human sin and specified the cure for men's sin. Amen. So that's Isaiah 46, 9-11, through 11, that reads, Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is no one like me. Declare, declaring... End from the beginning, and from ancient time, things that are not yet done, say my counsel so, shall stand. And I will do all my pleasures, calling a bird of prey from the east, the man who exalts my counsel from a far country. Indeed, I ha- I have spoken it. I will also bring it to pass. I have purposed it. I will also do it. Amen. And I, I want to key into the, that last uh, the last line, which is, indeed, I have spoken it. I will also bring it to pass. I have purposed it. I will also do it. Amen. That's God saying, whatever he speaks, it will be done and it will come on his time. It says it will come to pass. Say, I have spoken it and it will happen. It will come to pass. That means it will come on his time. But if he says it, just have that comfort to know. That it is going to happen. Amen. I have purposed it. That means he put a meaning to it. He put a specific reason for it to enter your life, whatever the case may be. And you will do it. Amen. Excuse me. I have to close my window. It's a little windy outside. The comfort of having a sovereign God that not only has the affairs of my life, but the affairs of nature and history just, it it brings it to the next level of, of feeling at peace with, with all of it wrapped into one. Amen. All right. Number 11, we have God is incomprehensible. Which means he's not able to be understood. So I have two scriptures for that. One Old testament, one new testament. Old Testament is Job eleven, seven through nineteen. Job eleven verses seven through nineteen. Which says, Can you search out the deep things of God? Can you find out the limits of the Almighty? They are higher than heaven. What can you do? Deeper than shell. What can you know? Their measure is longer than the earth and broader than the sea. If he passes by in prisons and gathers to judgment, then who can hinder him? For he knows deceitful man. He he knows wickedness also. This part really hit me hard right here. Will he not consider it? For an empty-headed man will be wise when a wild donkey's colt is born a man. Amen. If you would prepare your heart and stretch out your hands toward him, if iniquities were in your hand, and you put it out far away, it will not let wickedness dwell in your tents. Then surely you could lift up your face without spot. Yes, you could be steadfast and not fear, because you would You would forget your misery and remember it as waters that have passed by. And your life would be brighter than noonday. Though you were dark, you would be like the morning. And you would be secure because there is hope. Yes, you would dig around you and take your rest in safety. You would also lie down and no one would make you afraid. Yes, many would court your favor. Amen. There's, there's so much hope and, and strength and belief in that, in that scripture. And and, and to be honest, the book of Job is, it's so powerful for me. Um, it's one of my favorite books for sure. And he is probably my favorite person in the Bible. Um, it, it's just the, the faith that that man had in, in our God was so strong. I mean, to think that Satan had to ask God, get his permission to to even tempt him with anything, is mind-blowing. And um, for him to, to, to just lay it out right in this scripture, you know, pretty much saying God does things what is it going to bring to you to question him? What is it? What, what kind of answers are you really looking for? Are you looking for an answer that you think maybe if God did it this way, I can possibly do it without Him next time? No, that's why God is incomprehensible. This is why He does things that can't be understood. This is why He He destroyed the Tower of Babylon. This is why He just He, he spread out the people. every man's goal in every generation has been to to not only reach the level of God but to surpass it and and like it says like like I told you in the what the part that hit me most in the scripture for an empty-headed man will be wise when a wild donkey's colt is born a man which means never which means never So just to know that if you stop questioning God and you start focusing on the goodness of his mercy and the goodness of who he is and what he's brought to our lives, the scripture reads that your face will be without spot. You can be steadfast and not fear. You'll forget your misery as if it was waters that passed by and your life will be brighter than noonday though you were dark you would be like the morning you'd be secure you would have hope you would have safety and rest you would lie down there would be you would not be afraid amen the New Testament verse I had was Romans 11:23 Romans 11:23 reads. Oh, the depth of riches, both wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. Amen. Stop wondering. Stop questioning. And that's one of the harder things um, when we're trying to reach the lost. Is that's one of the, you know, one of the biggest questions that we've always been asked. Why does God do certain things? Why did God take away my kid? Why did God take away my parent too soon? Why did God do this, do that? That's not love. Where's the love in it? And for us as Christians, you know, we wish we had a better answer than he does things that, you know, and we can't even understand it. There's just things of God that just can't be understood. And that's what confuses a lot of people. But but you have to try and, and twist it and turn it around and and realize, like, where, where, where is your stance with God? He's calling for us to to call on him as, as our Lord, as our Savior, as our leader, as our creator, as our everything. And we trust in ourselves or we trust in other human beings more. So, you know, why would he even consider giving us any type of understanding of what he does? When all we do is spit in his face. That's all we do. amen all right we'll move on to number 12 which is God is holy and for that I have Old Testament verse in Leviticus chapter 19 verse 2 God is holy as you guys are flipping there'll read a little bit Uh, Holiness is the moral and ethical wholeness or perfection, freedom from moral evil. Holiness is one of the essential elements of God's nature required of his people. Holiness may also be rendered as sanctification or godliness. The word holy denotes that which is sanctified or set apart for divine services. Amen. So Leviticus 19.2 says, Speak to all the congregation of the children of Israel and say to them, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord, your God, is holy. Amen. And the New um, Testament is 1 Peter chapter 1, 15 through 16 which pretty much reiterates Leviticus, which says, But as he who called... I'm sorry. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all of your conduct, because it is written, "Be holy, for I am holy." Amen. The moral and ethical wholeness or perfection—something we can't reach. We can't. There, there's no holiness that we can reach that will ever be close to perfection. The only holy ones: God, the Son, and the Spirit. And we just have to thrive to, to have freedom from moral evil. We, it's something that God is calling us to be, you know, we're supposed to be as Christ, as close to as Christ as possible and walk like him. But you see the 12 that walked with him, they all had issues even while walking with him during their uh, ministry with Jesus. They had issues, they, they had arguments, they, they sinned, and they had Jesus literally right next to them. They slept instead of praying with him and slept again and slept again. And, you know, even denying him, losing the faith on water. And, you know, there's just so many different times that their faith got swayed with Jesus in the flesh. Right next to them. You think God is expecting us. To be. Anything better than those disciples. Well, we don't have Jesus in the flesh right next to us. But we do have the Holy Spirit. As our comforter right next to us. And that's why he was sent down. Amen. I feel like the Holy Spirit is. in our, our. Pastor at our church. Um actually preached about this on Sunday, was the overuse and under use of the Holy Spirit in certain situations or certain denominations. And I feel like the Holy Spirit, when it's viewed as a comforter, when it's viewed as the one that's walking beside us, is underutilized and almost not even looked at. Given the cold shoulder shunned upon, there's no one next to us is what. You know, you want to look by the eyes, or you're gonna look by your faith. You know, that's where you're gonna see the difference, amen. Number 13, number 13, God is righteous and just. God is righteous and just. For that, we have Psalms 119, verse 137. So God always acts in accordance with what is right and is himself the final standard of what is right. Righteousness, the definition of that is holy and upright, living in accordance to God's standards. Amen. So that would read... So, Psalms 119, 137 Short one Righteous are you, O Lord, and upright are your judgments Amen And that goes along with, with when being asked Why is God doing this? Why did he do this at a certain time? Why Why me? Why me? Why my family? Why them? Why the kids? God always acts in accordance with what is right And is himself the final standard of what is right. So what we think as men is not the standard of what is right. So questioning God in our standard is attempting to knock God to to a human level, which he's not. Amen. He is leaps and bounds above us when it comes to righteousness. And when it comes to judging and when it comes to uh, comprehending, when it comes to his wisdom, his knowledge, his understanding, um, So, for us to even drop him down to our level is a very dangerous thing. Amen. Comparing God on our standards will always be short. Amen. It's just not. That's not where God is. So, it just, to me, it doesn't make sense to to question him when it comes to, was that a right thing to do? Well, Do you know God's right plan? No. Well, then, you know, there's your answer. If you knew God's right plan, then you would know what he did was correct and was just. Amen. Number 14, we have God is true. We'll jump to the New Testament for these two verses. First one is John 17, 3. Then we're going to be in Titus. One, one through two. All right, so I'm going to speak a little bit about what that means God is, like God is true. Uh, God is the truth. The Spirit is the truth, and Jesus is the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus and the revelation, which the Spirit of truth is gave through his apostles are the final and ultimate revelation and definition of truth. Amen. It's truth about God, truth about man, truth about redemption, truth about history and truth about the world. In John 17:3, we have Jesus speaking, and this is the eternal life that they may know you and the only true the only true God and jesus christ whom you have sent amen then titus 1 1 through 2 states paul a bond servant of god and an apostle of jesus christ according to the faith of god's elect and the acknowledgement of the truth which accords with godliness in hopes of eternal life which god cannot lie promised before time again amen they go, God cannot lie. So whatever he promised before time began is the truth. Amen. And it's just all correlates w- w- with one another, with what we're really talking about. Is what there's levels to the faith. And and if we question any of these what we're talking about, these certitudes, then then we have an issue with our faith here. Not an issue. With necessarily going to church, not an issue necessarily praying or reading the Bible, but this is an issue in your faith in what God you're actually serving. Are you serving the God that you want to build and have the standards to and have this God have your 23 certitudes that you want him to to be built on? You want to build God? You want to create God instead of acknowledging, wait, God created me. So, why question? He is the creator. He is the first. And he's also the last. What's in between is all God. East to west, north to south, doesn't matter. Galaxy to galaxy, it's all God. He owns it all. He created it all. What he says is the truth. Jesus came down. He was the truth. He walked the life of truth. He died a death of a liar and a sinner. He made the cross like beautiful, which it isn't. With truth and grace. Holy Spirit dwells with us and within us. Is the truth. And the true promise that God wasn't going to leave us alone once, once Jesus was, was going back to, uh, to his throne. Amen. Amen, amen. Alright, this is number 15. I feel like I cruised along this one faster than when I recorded the first time. This is number 15, which is going to be the last one for today. Which is a good one to to finish on, in my opinion. Now that uh, we've reached Thanksgiving... For us Christians, it has zero to do with with pilgrims, has zero to do with the genocides. As we know the truth of, of how this country was was first landed upon by Columbus, so this isn't for, for Christians. This gives us another day to to give ultimate thanks to the ultimate Lord and our God and Savior and this is a day that we really have to either reach out to people who a can't get a good meal or b do not have a family around you know in the same state you maybe reach out and invite them open your doors as Jesus would and and do as Jesus did break bread with people you look all through the new testament Jesus utilized breaking bread in multitudes and, and in multi, in multiple situations to feed the multitudes, to reach the multitudes, so even to bring in a couple people into your to your home, you know, and show them some love and and show them that they're welcome. You know, they are a brother or sister in Christ. Um, be willing to show that hospitality as Jesus would. Be loving. Be, be cordial. Be caring. Um, don't quarrel with them. No arguing. Like To just make this a day strictly about that word, thankful. I, I have no... I could probably make a podcast of, of a couple hours listing all the things that I'm grateful that God has done, given, or, or placed in my life that I... That wouldn't have happened without him. Amen. So this last one is God is faithful. So for God being faithful, we in turn need to be faithful and thankful for what he's doing and has done for us. God's faithfulness is the source of the Christian's deliverance from temptations. We find that. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. You can go over the, these scriptures in your own time. Um, Assurance of salvation, Hebrews 10, 23. And forgiveness of sins, 1 John 1, 9. He is faithful to his children because he is first of all faithful to himself. That's in Timothy 2, 13. And the two scriptures I do have are both in the Old Testament. Which would be Deuteronomy 7, 9. So we have Deuteronomy... 7, 9, which says, Therefore now that the Lord, your God, he is God, the faithful God, who keeps covenants and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. Amen. Then we have Psalms 89, 1 through 2. Psalms 89, 1 through 2. It states, I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever with my mouth. I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall establish in the very heavens. Amen. The God who keeps covenants. Who has mercy for a thousand generations for those who love him and keep his commandments? It says Deuteronomy. Do you love and keep his commandments? I get that. That's Old Testament. Those commandments are still relevant. And I can't stand that. A lot of New Age Christians love to throw out the Old Testament like it means nothing. No. You, those standards are still the same. Those standards are build your character as a Christian in your walk. There's a reason why you're supposed to honor your father and your mother. It helps you from being a kid to being an adult to realize all of the things that your mother and father did for you. If you know, whether they're both around, whether it's just the father, whether it's just your mother, whether it's Step parents, you know, it doesn't matter. To honor those parents. In the end, you know, as a parent myself, I I feel like I deserve more honor, you know, And, and I can only imagine how my mom felt. I can only imagine. I put her through the ringer as a teenager, and I didn't once consider her feelings until I became a parent and and that's that's one thing you know don't commit adultery there's there, there's a, a certain commitment and a certain connection between you and your spouse that's not supposed to be broken if we're supposed to treat our spouses as, as Christ treats the church I don't see Christ cheating on the church I don't see Christ DMing other women, other men, that just wouldn't be a thing, you know. These commandments are still in place. They still mean something. New Testament, it's pretty simple. Love. Love your God. Before anything, love your God. Then love your neighbor. So does I love yourself. No, no. There's no selfishness when it comes to being a Christian. We're doing this for God. We're doing this hand by hand, arms linked in, as an army for God, brothers and sisters for God. We are a family. We're supposed to reach the lost together. I really want you guys. To, if you guys are listening on Thanksgiving, Amen to you. I know there's football going on. It's it's on in the background. Here at my house, I have the ham cooking, turkeys already cooked. I'm trying to make time for God and throw in just a little seed. Not just for you guys, but for myself. Amen. Thankfulness for your spouse, for your kids, for your job, for your family, for your friends, for your church, for your car, for your dog, for your cat, for your auntie and uncle. It can keep on going on. If you really can't sit there and think of stuff to be thankful, you aren't thinking or you aren't showing gratitude, which there's another issue with that. We can tag that another time. Well, thank you guys for listening to the second episode of the podcast of the series, God 23, 23 Certitudes of God. On the next podcast, we'll kill off the next eight, which will wrap up the series and finish it. I hope you guys have a blessed Thanksgiving, blessed rest of the week. Be thankful, be humble, be loving, be caring. Uh, Read your Bible, pray to God, go to church, love your family, love your friends, love your neighbors, love your strangers. Be one that Christ would want us to be, that God's calling us to be, and that the Holy Spirit's pushing us to be. we to pray real quick and we're going to head out. Father God. I want to thank you, Lord Jesus, for I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for another day of life, being able to wake up to this beautiful, beautiful, sunny Colorado sun, rise today, knowing that today is the day that the Lord has made. Father God, I want to thank you for being able to speak, Lord God, to be able to praise your name, to be able to to you Lord God in this fashion Father God I'm I'm so thankful for my family Lord God I pray Lord Jesus that the listeners as well are thankful for theirs that they are loving to their family Father God we all ask for forgiveness for our sins and we come to your cross Lord God for protection for grace, for mercy, for love Father God Fill us with the Holy Spirit daily. Give us the courage to go and and reach the lost, Lord God, in your name. Father, we are thankful for the the opportunity to enjoy another Thanksgiving together, whether it's with the family, Lord God, or even by, by ourselves. Thank you for the food, Lord God, for the abundance Thank you for all that you do. I can go on and on, Lord God. Lord, I pray for a great rest of the week for myself and the listeners, Lord God, and uh, the rest of the world as well, Lord Jesus. And um, I pray, Lord God, that you do something to push people closer to you. Give them the The new heart, Lord, give them a moment, Lord Jesus, that the pride falls down for half a second and realizes, I can't do this on my own. Give us the strength, Lord God, to make it through any battles we deal with this week. Fill our cup, Lord God, so we can fill others' cups with your name, with your glory, with your love, with your praise and honor. We come to you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Thank you guys for taking the time to listen. I pray you guys have a good rest of this week. And I will see you guys soon. Stay prayed up. Stay read up. And stay faithful. That's all in Jesus' name. Love y'all.